Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your fine Buffalo Bills-related podcasts. We are so glad that however and wherever you're listening, you took the time out of your busy schedules to listen to Believe. I am John Boccasino. He's Jamie D'Amico. He is Jamie D'Amico, isn't he? They call you that from time to time. (laughs) That's my name. Don't wear it out. (laughs) Remember people used to say that stupid cliche? Oh, my God. Oh my gosh, can we never go back to those days again? Oh, there's so much triteness that came out of our childhood, and it seemed like it got started in the, the 50s or 60s and just continued for another 30 years. What kind of stuff are we saying these days that the younger generation rolls their eyes at? Do you ever think about that? You know, I have not, um, and I'm hard-pressed to come up with anything off the top of my head because I am not, as the kids would say, hip. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what they say these days. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, young children of today. I am a rad adult. Nice to meet you. No one oh says that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's really <laughs> funny because back when I got – earrings in the 90s you know i i had to look like a, a good rave kid they had to match my you know silver rings or whatever uh my grandmother who was in her early 90s at that point uh told me that only canaries had earrings and i'm like the hell's a canary grandma <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah i think she was calling me a homosexual Oh, boy. Uh, In that veiled way that grandparents can. (laughs) Yeah, I I think that's what she was saying. And like, I I know that was still an insult back in the 90s because that's where we were as a society. And she was born like in the 19 single digits. So, (laughs) oh, (laughs) Oh, no. Anyway, (laughs) I'm not making excuses for bigotry. I'm just saying. (laughs) No, no. God, no. And, and, And Lord knows. You know, it's uh, it's it's obviously been a very you know trying, uh, difficult time for you know the Buffalo community and for yes. all of us in Western New York. Our hearts go out, you know, to the victims of the mass shooting that took place at that Tops uh, in Buffalo on Jefferson Avenue, the East Side of Buffalo. Just a horrific, racially driven terrorist act committed by you know somebody against their fellow humans and. You know, you're just my, 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 I was sick to my stomach. Um, you know, a lot of, that's why we, one of the reasons we didn't do the podcast last week was I just, I couldn't muster up the energy or the strength to sit down and, and put to word, you know, thoughts on a bill's topic. It just didn't seem like the right time. I know sports are a nice distraction, but Jamie, I've been struggling all week with the enormity of this dastardly deed committed against our community. And, it's just, I don't know. We're not talking about this on the podcast, but I just wanted to mention it that again, we are so, we're such a tight knit community. And I loved to see the whole, you know, the legends of the Bills, the regular players on the Bills just come together and hand out meals or spend time with this hurting community. It really, it helped to reaffirm my faith in humanity a little bit that there are good people in spite of all this atrocity that we're dealing with. Absolutely. And if anybody wants to listen to a conversation on the subject, I highly recommend that you go and you listen to the Bruce exclusive from this past week. Bruce Nolan comes out with a really good opinion on things. And I want to sort of 
echo some of his sentiment, which is something that I had said on Jamie D and Big Newt previously, which is this isn't a politics show and we're not going to get into it. But what I do want to say is with the United States being the only place where this kind of thing happens, I really want to challenge our leaders to take a look at why it happens here, why it doesn't happen other places, and come up with something. This doesn't have to continue, so please, do something. Uh, and there's there's no one right answer, and there's no one wrong answer, and that's what really what I had gleaned from Bruce when he was doing that, which is just because you advocate one solution doesn't mean you should shut out all other solutions because it's going to take it's going to take a lot and we need to not not only come up with solutions together but we need to pull together in order just to get through something difficult like this so with that said well said well said Jamie and I, I do want to add that you know <laughs> yeah Bruce did a great job the second half of the podcast in particular it's really and I I know some people automatically get triggered and you know say like oh well stick to sports and but you know what we're humans and we're allowed to have opinions on this atrocity that took place and i love the motto of choosing love over hate and spreading love over hate but something does you're right need to happen because how many times do we have something like this happen and we go oh it's unthinkable the unthinkable has happened no it's not unthinkable if it keeps happening over and over again. And thoughts and prayers are not enough to stop bullets from madmen determined to ruin our lives. And you're right. Something needs a civilized country, civilized society should not have this being a risk that they fear when they walk into a grocery store, when they walk down the street, like this is not something we should have to be dealing with. So get together, find a way we've got to stop the gun culture we have to stop this obsession with owning weapons that can mow down our fellow human beings in fractions of a second. It just It's illogical. Whatever the solution may be, I support an attempt to try to curb this from happening, whatever that solution is. And we're Bill's Mafia. We come together in times like this. And if you're Bill's Mafia... I love you because I'm choosing love, baby. And if you want to, um, there's a great resource uh, hub that's set up uh, by the Buffalo Bills um, to ways to give back, whether it's uh, food drive, um, whether it's you know mental health services that you want to access for yourself as you're dealing with this trauma. Um, there's ways to, the bills are trying to combat racism in the community, spreading peace and love. There's ways to donate monetarily um, to organizations. It's buffalobills.com backslash community backslash help dash Buffalo. If you go to buffalobills.com, it's the main story on there. They're also going to have these choose love t-shirts available with the proceeds directly going to the Buffalo 514 Survivors Fund and the Buffalo Together Community Response Fund. I highly encourage you to give what you can to help out and give back to our grieving brothers and sisters. Now, Jamie, we obviously didn't set out to talk about that, but I, I'm glad we had a couple of minutes to dive into the, again, the tragedy, the, the act of domestic terrorism that took place in, in Buffalo. And we're going to return to our normally scheduled program 
with the Buffalo Bills. And we're here in the offseason on Believe. And one of the things, Jamie, that, you know, I saw a lot of people, when you talk about joy and love, the NFL schedule release party has been such a, become such a joyous day for a lot of Bills fans. You and I, even off air, were making plans to do some road trips and travel with the team and, you know, get this podcast together in person. And there's a lot of opportunities to do that. So we're going to sit here this week on Bill Leave and take your attentions to the 2022 NFL schedule. The dust has settled. The dates are out. Fans are making their plans to make road trips and follow their team along. And, you know, Jamie, it's it's so nice to know. I, I don't know how you feel about this, but I am not one of those fans who's complaining about the schedule and there being, you know, oh, whatever happened to a strictly one o'clock rundown of games on a Sunday. Well, those days are gone because we are not a boring <laughs> team anymore. You know, there's right. the NFL wants to showcase Buffalo. And I, for one, welcome the fact that they want to give the Bills five primetime games. The possibility exists for two more with flex scheduling, but the Bills have five primetime games in 2022, of course, leading off with the worst kept secret that the Bills were going to travel to SoFi Stadium to take on the reigning Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams. What a schedule, Jamie. Oh my gosh, I know. If you are somebody who relishes in your team getting a national audience, well, this is the season for you, baby, because I'm going to get to watch most of the games this season from my couch, which is an unusual thing because I am out of market. I live in Washington, D.C., and I usually have to go to a bar to watch Bill's games. Well, that is not going to be the case this year. John, half the games I am going to be able to watch from home. Now, I'm probably not going to do that because it's more fun watching with my D.C. Bill's backers. But still, are you kidding me? Is is this? Are we sure this is the Buffalo Bills we're talking about here? <laughs> <laughs> between between the fact that the Bills have you know five primetime games, and I know that you know that the the Monday Night Football game with the Titans, it is Monday Night Football. It's an odd quirk that there's going to have another game like an hour fifteen after Buffalo's kickoff versus the Tennessee Titans, but you know there's. The, the game I'm honestly really amped up for that I, I hear people talking about, but it kind of gets lost in the shuffle, is the Sunday night showdown with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers on oh. October 30th. I mean, as much as Monday night football is electric and a great atmosphere, I think Sunday night football is even better as far as having the sole spotlight of the country watching because – it's on broadcast television. It's on NBC versus your cable audience. And you've been watching football all day. I mean, we've been waiting all day for Sunday night as that awful song goes. <laughs> and the Bills will get to be the hosts on that one the last week in October. It's just a fascinating showdown. I'm going to definitely agree with that because Sunday night has definitely taken the torch uh, from Monday night. They're putting better matchups on Sunday night. And really, they followed Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, the, the template that they have there and put all of the network's weight behind it. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Sunday night is the prime slot of the week. And the bills are going to have their, again, I, I be, I'm trying to think Jamie off the top of my head. If the last time the bills hosted 
a Sunday night football game with fans. Was that that awful game against the Patriots when Randy Moss was with Tom Brady back in like 2009, I want to say? Are you kidding me? Seriously? Yeah. Oh, my God. Or I'm, 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 I'm wondering because I was trying to think. I, I know they had a primetime game in 2020 when no fans were allowed in the stands, but I'm trying to think the last time the Bills played on Sunday Night Football at home. And for some reason, my PTSD of that game <laughs> still allows it to surface to my brain, the fact that the Bills did get routed with Trent Edwards, and it was just an awful, awful game at the stadium. Did they not have one this past year? Not a home game for Sunday Night Football. Okay. No, we only the only primetime game the Bills had at home was the wind-blown affair with New England in December on Monday Night Football. Oh, okay. You would know better than I would, you of the season ticket-holding ilk out there. I, <laughs> you know, I, I am definitely a longtime season ticket holder. I'm trying to think of, yeah, so it looks like... Okay, so I've got an article. I'm doing some research on the fly here. Oh, but no, this one, this game was uh, in Pittsburgh, the one in 2019. So yeah, the last right. time. Oh my gosh, this is absolutely insane. So when the Bills beat the Steelers to clinch that playoff spot in 2019 against Duck Hodges. The- Oh my God, such disdain for Duck Hodges. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> and now he's retired. So enjoy retirement, buddy. But <laughs> this is this this goes to show, you know, as much as you want to lament Buffalo not appearing much on Monday night football, the Bills had 12 years in between appearances on Sunday night football. 2007 was that game against the Patriots. That was the last time the Bills hosted a Sunday night football game. That's ridiculous. 2007. Wow. That's why I'm so amped up for that Packers game now, especially with that little knowledge that we haven't had a home Sunday night football game in in 15 years. I mean, that's absurd. Oh, wow. Well, you're going to be up for that one, huh? Oh, taking taking Halloween Monday off for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So the Bills, Jamie, have a crazy schedule. It's a crazy, intense schedule, lots of national appeal. And I was thinking we should go through and give our fans some way too early game by game predictions uh, for how the Bills are going to fare this year. Is that something you're up for? Man, I was born ready for this show. Now, these are going to be quick. We can talk a little bit about each. We'll talk about each game, obviously, but we're not going to give you in-depth analysis and scouting previews. This is just a cursory look at Buffalo's schedule. And you know, I want to say, Jamie, a couple of things about this before we go forward with the actual predictions themselves. The Bills have a tougher schedule than last year on paper. Yes. But they're avoiding the AFC West and the NFC West. Thank God. That's a massive break for Buffalo. But the other thing that the Bills get that is, I had to do a little bit of research on this because I didn't quite, I wanted to make sure I knew what I was talking about before I opened my big Italian mouth here. (laughs) The Bills get some breaks when it comes to the schedule. Um, Yes. They're not, so the, the, the biggest thing, so Warren Sharp runs this website, Sharp Football Analysis. And the Bills have the largest net rest edge 
among all 32 teams. Now, what that means is it takes into consideration how many days in between games a team has to prepare for its next contest compared to their opponent. Buffalo has a net rest advantage of 12 days, Mm -hmm. the largest of all the teams in the league. By comparison, the Green Bay Packers have a minus 12 net rest. That, Jamie, might not seem like a lot, but when you're talking about a physical brute force sport like football where rest is such a coveted trait, the Bills made out like bandits having this. They're not taking on any teams where they're going to be facing like a short week, except for the one against Thanksgiving where they're playing the Lions. But if you want to have a short week, I think the Lions are a perfect team to play on a short week. And the other thing is, I don't believe the Bills are playing any teams coming off of a bye this season. They are not. You are correct. So we have talked about it in the past, and it's always been, as Bills fans, we're we're conspiracy theorists. The refs are against us. The NFL scheduling is against us. Well, you know what? It is really shaping up to look like the NFL really wants to see the Buffalo Bills get to the Super Bowl this year because the Bills are must-see TV these days. They are. They're in, they're absolutely you know a schedule maker's dream with Josh Allen, with Stephon Diggs. I mean, there's so many reasons this high-octane team is a, a national draw. And just to give some fans some perspective on that net rest advantage again, so Buffalo is plus 12 for this year. They have two separate mini-buy setups with their Thursday games, which gives them more rest heading into the following week. Last year's two Super Bowl participants were the Rams and the Bengals. They had a plus nine and a plus 11 rest edge for their season. So it it matters. And like teams that have a positive rest edge of three or more days, they win 60% of their games going back to uh, the past, the 2015 season. So this is nothing to slouch at, you know, it's a big advantage. And I think the bills are really going to get to have a lot of national attention and they'll be well rested. It's a win, win. Now, Jamie, first game of the year, let's go through our preview here week by week. Rams, Bills, SoFi Stadium, Thursday night, what do you like? Okay, so the Buffalo Bills are out to prove to the world that they would have been the Super Bowl champions had they made it to the Super Bowl. The Rams are coming off a Super Bowl as champions, and we know that Super Bowl teams tend to have a hangover the following season. Well, there's a lot of pop and circumstance that come into being the opening game of the season, and the Bills want to show the world that they are the best team in football. And the best way to do that is to go into L.A. and smack the Rams in the mouth. The Bills are winning that game, buddy. I agree. I, you know, as much as and, and look, we all know that we drink the Bills Kool-Aid <laughs> here on Believe. And, you know, I like my blue and red Kool-Aid and you do, too. And we're optimistic homers. But I'm thinking about this critically as much as like the Rams are a good powerhouse team, the Bills match up really well with them. And I think you're right for everything you said about wanting to make a statement for that primetime exposure. This is the best chance. If the Bills come out and lay an egg, it's not the end of the world um, on that first game of the season. Of course not. It's only one week. 
but it would be so powerful to set a tone and set a statement by pushing around Aaron Donald, by containing Cooper Cup. I think the Bills come out there and get this win and go to 1-0, heading into their second straight primetime game. Mm-hmm. Boy, Jamie, it doesn't get any better than having a Monday night football game in Western New York in the middle of September. That is amazing because if you're comparing that to December or January, you have a very different weather forecast, would you not say? Uh, I mean, as somebody who survived the 55 mile an hour wind gusts with that game in December with the Patriots, I welcome a nice, warm, humid September evening. Yes, I, I can imagine you do. And I am going to relish watching that from my couch here in D.C. But I got to tell you, what I don't relish is the Bills playing the Titans because, John, I believe that the Bills have a Titans problem. They have shown over the past couple of years that they do not match up well against that team. Now, granted, the Bills lost by four in a game this past season where the Bills drive stalled out at the three-yard line. Okay, yes. But Derrick Henry ran for over 150 yards. He ran for, oh gosh, he was averaging over seven yards a carry that game. And when you have a running back that's that successful, it is awfully difficult to be beaten. The year before that, the Bills contained Derrick Henry, but they lost by almost 30 points in that game. I just don't like the way the Bills match up with the Titans. And I think that the Titans are going to come in and do what they've done in the past. They're going to hang around. They're going to make it close. And somehow they're going to pull it out against the Bills. But you know what? That might not be a bad thing. The Bills are going to be coming off week number one feeling good about themselves. A little dose of reality isn't necessarily a bad team for a contending team. You are right in the fact that the Bills have a Tennessee problem uh, for sure with the physicality that the, the Titans bring to this matchup. And, you know, the, the the Monday night game leaves a lot of bad memories. If Josh Allen had longer spikes, if they had called a more creative play on fourth down versus the sneak up behind the left side, the Bills would have easily won that game. But I don't know, Jamie, I as much and I believe what you're saying, and I know the Bills have a Tennessee problem. I just think it's I would much rather play Tennessee early in the season than later in the season, because mm-hmm. I think it's going to take time for these Titans to gel and mold, especially with giving away their and they did their biggest offensive weapon, not named Derrick Henry. They traded A.J. Brown. They did bring in former Bill Bob Woods uh, this offseason, which Good is going to help a little bit. Oh, yeah. Love me some Bob Woods. Um, but I just feel like Derrick Henry, I think, is going to have a one of these days his body's going to fall apart. Like they just keep <laughs> running him into the ground, you know, and like running backs have a short shelf life to begin with. I think the Titans got worse uh, defensively and the Bills got better on the defensive line to get after Ryan Tannehill and stop the run against Derrick Henry. I think the Bills come away before an amped up crazy electric atmosphere at Highmark Stadium and the Bills get a win to go to 2-0. and mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I, I like it, buddy. And then that sends the Bills down to Miami for an early season game in what is going to be a probably brutally hot day because it always is in South Florida in September. What do you see going on there, buddy? So, Jamie, this is actually the place where I might have people wanting to call me out on Twitter, say I'm a no-talent clown, but I see the Bills dropping this game in South Florida. Hmm. And I I don't want to say that because the Bills and Josh Allen have owned the fish 
since he's come into the league. But this all is dependent on Trey White. Is Trey White healthy? Is Trey White able to play in this game at 100%? If he is, I'll still give the Bills a chance to, to pull this one out. But I, every team has a game or two where they stub their toe along the way. And for me, this is one that I'm very afraid of just because the Dolphins, okay, say what you want about Tua. He's not a great franchise quarterback. He's not terrible. And when you're talking about the weapons that they've added for him, including Tyreek Hill, who gives the Bills nightmares, and Jalen Waddle, who is a phenomenal talent, and Mike Jacecki, an outstanding tight end, the Dolphins played really good football the second half of the year last year. Mm-hmm. And I was thankful the Bills didn't have to play Miami. They got their two wins in during the first half of the season. They were a much different team the second half of the season. I think the Dolphins are going to carry over that momentum. They're going to squeak out one in South Beach and hand the Bills their first loss in a very close score. But I think the Bills drop this one in South Beach. How about you? And one of the things that is going to be to the Dolphins' advantage is they have a new offensive-minded head coach. So there's not going to be a lot of film out on the Dolphins in the first few weeks of of the season. So they're probably going to pull some strings that the Bills haven't seen before. That said, I think the Bills are in the Dolphins' heads at this point because the games just haven't even been close. And I think that despite having Tyreek Hill, and really they've made some intelligent additions to the roster this year, I don't think the Dolphins are there yet. I think that, yes, Having the Tyree kills of the world is probably going to help them score an extra touchdown or two. But with Josh Allen, the Bills are averaging over 20 points, uh, over a 20-point margin of victory against the Dolphins. I don't think that one or two or even five players overcomes that. So I think the I think the Bills are winning that one. I would love to be proven wrong. And that's that's the thing, Jamie. It's it's hard as we go through this exercise. It's you. I had a record of what I thought the Bills were going to go, and then it was trying to match up. Okay, which ones are they going to win? Which ones are they going to lose? And I did not come out with a fifteen and two or a sixteen and one record. But I, I just know the Bills aren't going to run the table and go perfect. They're not going to go sixteen and one. Like they're not going to go fifteen and two. I don't think so. I had to pick some games where I thought the Bills were a little vulnerable. And that Dolphins matchup to me and the time of the year just seemed to be one of those opportunities where I thought Buffalo could stub its toe. So I have them losing in Miami. I also have them losing the following week at the Ravens, unfortunately. I think this Baltimore matchup got a whole lot more difficult after the draft because the Ravens Mm -hmm. had by far, I think, one of the top two or three drafts, if you will, in addressing their needs and, and matching up where they needed to, to, to fix their roster. Lamar Jackson is an absolute matchup nightmare. I know they don't have Hollywood Brown anymore, but the hey. Ravens are just, a, he's not that great. I mean, let's be honest. I'm more worried about Mark Andrews torching Matt Milano for 10 catches and a buck 50 than I am Hollywood Brown taking the top off of that defense. And with Baltimore's defense being resurgent, uh, with what they've done during the offseason, with what Lamar Jackson does to the Bills' defense, like Josh Allen does to opposing defenses, I see this being another very difficult matchup, and I give Baltimore this win to send Bills fans into a little bit of a tizzy with a 2-2 two and two mark after the first quarter, but all is not lost. 
I was really torn on this game because of all the reasons that you stated. The Ravens are a difficult matchup for every team because they just do it differently than everyone else. And let's be honest, Lamar Jackson is out to prove his worth because he doesn't feel like the Ravens have put their money where their mouth is. So he's betting on himself to have another great season. But I think that the Bills are going to pull that one off. If for no other reason, I'm going to be in attendance at that game in Baltimore, and they're going to want to do right by me. Now, Jamie, it's probably too soon to mention Jacksonville, right? Shut up, man. (laughs) (laughs) You are owed some karmic revenge after that shit show that was the nine to six game last year in Jacksonville. I hope you get your revenge, buddy. I'm going to I'm planning on making that trip to Baltimore, too. I want to see the Bills get the win should be a fantastic matchup uh, at Baltimore. Two teams that are aspirations of representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. And then after that week, Jamie, the Bills go back home. Uh, It could be the Mitchell Trubisky revenge tour. Uh, He's the quarterback (laughs) of the Steelers in week five. But I I see the Bills rolling over Pittsburgh. I think this is a team that Buffalo matches up very well with. Um, I think the Bills should have crushed Pittsburgh last year at home, and they got a little complacent and a little Mm -hmm. overconfident. In my scenario, coming off of back-to-back losses, I think they're going to steamroll the Steelers by 20 at home. I like this for a Bills route. The Steelers are going through a rare transition right now where it looks like they're doing a little bit of a rebuild. They don't have a reliable quarterback. I don't think I I don't think I see the Steelers being terribly competitive in this game. Trubisky may surprise and he may end up being the comeback player of the year this year, but I, I think the Bills are a better team. So Bills I do play. too. And you know, here's the thing. If it's if it's Trubisky or maybe it's Kenny Pickett making his uh, you know debut after a rough start for Mitchell the first couple games of the year. I see the Bills having a field day if Kenny Pickett's the quarterback. And look for Josh Allen to pick on his old friend Levi Wallace and and justify why the Bills <laughs> let him walk in free agency. Yeah, I you know I love me some Levi Wallace, but I feel much better about him as a backup as opposed to being a starter. Um, he's a good player, and I'm going to root for the guy, but not against the Bills. No way. Nope, no way. The Bills will have a good field day with that matchup for sure. Now, Jamie, here is the most exciting regular season game that Bills fans have been circling since the schedule came out, in my humble opinion. It's week six. They go back to Kansas City, and there's going to be all the talk about 13 seconds this and blah, 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 that. I am so amped up for this game because I can't wait for the Bills to shove it down Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid's throats and contain this Chiefs offense. The Bills are going to roll this one to get to four and two on the year. I'm not even going to give you my breakup of the matchups or whatnot. I just think the Bills are going to have this game in the back of their minds, the entire offseason, they want this one really badly and they're going to get it. I think so too, although I believe that the Bills have a Chiefs problem as well. The Bills have lost three of their last four games to the Chiefs, including when it counted. And I know everybody's talking about that 13 seconds. You know, it shouldn't have come down to that. They missed, the Chiefs missed three kicks in that game. So they should have they should have won in regulation is what it comes down to. Uh, But they didn't win it in regulation. They won it in overtime. 
So I, I think the Bills are going to win this one because they're going to be really up for it. But I'm not convinced of that win. Patrick Mahomes isn't going to have a Von Miller problem. Von Miller's done very well against Mahomes uh, during his career. And the fact that he's now on the Buffalo sidelines, I think, gives Buffalo the huge edge in this one. And let's not forget, the Chiefs offensive line can be had. So if the Bills D-line is able to do what we think they're going to be able to do with all their investments, I like Buffalo's chances for that week six game. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Which would be great because then the bills head into the buy with a four and two record in my scenario. What do you have them at five and one? Oh, yes, it appears I have them at five and one. How do you think they're going to fare coming off of the bye hosting the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night football? I don't think they're going to win that one. Uh, I, I think even though they have a full week to a full extra week to prepare for that game after the Chiefs, I think that there's still going to be a letdown. And I, I think that this is one of those cases where the Bills just can't win every game. And if Aaron Rodgers comes into the game hot, it's awfully difficult to slow him down. It doesn't matter who his receivers are. If, if they can get open by a half step, he can hit them. And Bills fans, here's what I want to say regarding this. He's one of the best of all time. So whether the Bills win or lose, appreciate what you see in that game. Because he's not going to play forever, and we haven't seen him play against the Bills all that many times. Last time we saw it, Bakari Rambo was a hero. Bakari Rambo's been out of football for a while, but I'm going to enjoy that one, even if the Bills don't win it. I think the Bills are going to sign Rambo to a one-day contract (laughs) just to mentor the cornerbacks heading into that game. Bakari Rambo had three interceptions of Aaron Rodgers in that December game eight years ago was the last time the Bills welcomed Aaron Rodgers to Western New York. I see Buffalo getting the win on Sunday Night Football. Uh, I just, I, you know what? I get it, Jamie. <clears throat> Devontae Adams is a huge receiver to replace. They're trying to do it with both Christian Watson, who is a second round pick out of North Dakota State, and former Buffalo Bills Sammy Watkins uh, is also in Green Bay if he's healthy and can play. I like the Bills to roll over the Packers. I think that the Packers defense is going to be a stiff challenge for the Bills for sure. In fact, Mm -hmm. it might be the best defensive unit that Buffalo faces all year. But these Bills are built to win these primetime games, these national showcases. The Bills will get up for it, and they're going to hand the Packers a big loss. Buffalo gets to 5-2, and and in your scenario, they're also 5-2, and heading into November. And we get to see... For the first time this year, the supposed darlings of the draft, the New Jersey Jets. What do you like about that first matchup? Well, I have to say, the Jets always seem to play the Bills tough, don't they? And They do, yeah. 
and it's not surprising because when you're looking at division games, they're usually a crapshoot. You know, usually teams within divisions know each other so well that they're they're tough games. And I think that this is going to be the first time in a few years where the Jets actually come out on top. It's not that I think the Bills are bad, and it's not that I think the Jets are great, but it's tough to continuously sweep divisional teams. And the Jets, let's face it, uh, they, they have Joe Douglas as their GM. They have Robert Sala as their head coach. It seems like they're moving in the right direction. And this is going to be one of those real statement games for the Jets that they're going to be more up for than I think the Bills are going to be. They're playing in front of a home crowd. The Jets steal this one. Whoa. All right. I see where you're coming from, Jamie. Uh, the Bills <clears throat> dropping this one to the Jets. I, I get where you're coming from, and I definitely agree that the Jets have closed the gap on the Bills. Um, they had a phenomenal draft. I still think it comes down to Zach Wilson. I don't trust mm-hmm. him uh, running their offense. I think their defense will make this an interesting battle. I don't think I don't see the Bills walking uh, through in a cakewalk over the Jets, but I think they're going to get the win uh, in this one by at least a touchdown or more to get to six and two on the year. Setting up a matchup, Jamie, at home with the Purple People Eaters, the Minnesota Vikings, who made the curious decision to both try to rebuild and try to bring back their core with Kirk D. Cousins coming back as a quarterback for the Vikings. I think that Minnesota has a good defense. I think their offense doesn't scare anybody. I think Dalvin Cook versus James Cook will be a fun storyline. The brothers, uh, how much they play against, you know, on the field. Dalvin Cook obviously is a phenomenal back and James Cook is going to be Buffalo's compliment to Devin Singletary. But I see the Bills getting a big win at home um, to, to get their record now to seven and two. What do you see with this Vikings showdown? The Vikings have great skill players. Justin Jefferson is arguably the best receiver in the NFL right now. Adam Thielen is fantastic. Dalvin Cook, with his elite contact balance, is a great running back. Kirk Cousins is a eh, 10 to 15 quarterback, so he can play well or he can play like Kirk Cousins. Um, But the Vikings, top to bottom, don't have the talent that the Bills have, and this is one of those cases where talent wins out and the Bills get the win. Agreed. And this will be a curious moment for me to see, Jamie, how Kair Elam has developed as that boundary cornerback prospect, because he's going to have some pretty difficult challenges early in his career. And by this point, Trey White will be fully back and healthy and taken on Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen. And you're going to have Elam stepping in and seeing significant snaps and reps. I'll be curious to see how the rookie has developed by this point in the year. Then, Jamie, after Minnesota, the Bills have a game that scares me. Mm-hmm. And it's, it scares me because I don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Is it going to be Deshaun Watson? Are we going to go out there and see Baker Mayfield? Is Brian Sype going to come out of retirement and lead the Cleveland Browns? I don't know. There's a lot of variables. We don't know what the league's going to do yet with Deshaun Watson and his looming suspensions. But... I feel like the Bills should win this game, whoever they face. If it's not Deshaun Watson, chalk it up to be a rout. If it is Deshaun Watson, I still think the Bills win this one. But Deshaun Watson has Buffalo's number. I mean, he has just 
played extremely well against the Bills and go back to that wild card game from a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. People forget how good Deshaun Watson is. And when you put Deshaun Watson in an offense where he isn't the guy who has to do literally everything, it actually frightens me even more. Kevin Stefanski, who, sidebar, probably the most handsome coach in the NFL, runs a heavy play action offense. So what that's going to do is it's going to get Deshaun Watson out on the edge with regularity where he can either throw the ball or use his legs to take off and run. That's going to be a very difficult matchup for the Buffalo Bills. They have a strong running game. They have a lot of talent on the defense. This is the one that I looked at the schedule and I said, okay, the Bills are going to lose either to the Ravens or to the Browns. And I decided that the Bills were going to beat the Ravens, but the Browns are probably going to be a vastly improved team with a real quarterback on the field if that real quarterback is on the field, I think the Browns will win that one. Yeah, Jamie, it's definitely a, a, a tough, scary matchup, again, with Deshaun Watson, what he brings to the table. And, and he single-handedly carried some terrible Texans teams to victories. He, he, the team was 4-12 and 12 his last year as a starter. Yeah. Deshaun Watson was a top-five MVP candidate. Imagine giving him any sort of weapons or a solid defense like the Browns are going to boast. We differ on the results of that game. I have the Bills winning. You have the Bills dropping that one. How about Thanksgiving? For the third time in the last four years now, the Bills have become a Thanksgiving staple. They are traveling to Detroit. They're the early game, which, by the way, side note, is going to be very confusing for how to plan my day when it comes to the meal and watching the game at 12.30 Oh, that's going to be some tough scheduling to to program around for the Boccasino Thanksgiving gathering. But what do you think? Uh, how's Buffalo going to fare against Dan Campbell, the ankle biter? I love me some Dan Campbell. Bills win. <laughs> Not a lot to say. It's the Lions. I, I think my my so my favorite way to sum up this game, Jamie, and there's a, a tweet I put out there. Um, this is when the schedule was released and they basically had all these sorts of like Buff- the real Buffalo Bills schedule release video and they were going through and like there's the South Park scene with the Dolphins to talk about how the Bills are going to fare against them. And when it gets to the Lions, Sean McDermott is just walking by and it's a scene from Jurassic Park and he's like, what a big pile of shit. I mean, that's exactly what the Detroit Lions feel like right now. <laughs> Bills win, no doubt. Oh, that was a great analogy. But <laughs> that gives the Bills then a week and a half to prepare for who? The Patriots. Ah, uh, the Patriots. Which will be another primetime game, December 1st in Foxborough. This is one of those games, Jamie, where I uh, I have Buffalo winning this game in New England, Thursday, December 1st. It's a primetime Thursday night game. The fact that the Bills have to wait until week 13 to face their arch rivals is a little bit unfair, but the schedule broke the same way last year. And the fact that the Bills can knock the Patriots off at home in front of their obnoxious fans, you know, will, <laughs> the, the, the question I want to know is how long into the game is it before the Bills have to break out the punt god? Because they scored touchdowns every time they had the ball last time they played the Patriots. Yeah, I think that was a bit of an anomaly. I bet you if they play that game 10 times, nine in nine of those games, the Bills have to punt the ball. 
<laughs> I'll take one punt a game. That's fine. As long as the Bills get the win. I have them picking up a primetime win. What do you think in this one? I think the Bills are going to win that one, too. They have an extra couple days that the Patriots don't have, and that's certainly to their advantage. So, yeah, Bills are going to come out with a win there. And then they're going to go on the Jamie D'Amico revenge tour, hosting the Jets, (laughs) who knocked them off earlier in the season. What do you think? Are the Jets going to pull off the rare sweep of the Bills? I'm thinking not. No, it's very difficult to sweep a division opponent, especially when your divisional opponent is as good as the Buffalo Bills. So the Bills are going to get their revenge, but I do think it's going to be another close game because the Jets play the Bills tough and the Jets are moving in the right direction. They are. They're a team that's on the rise, but I still I think the Bills get this one, especially at home. The Bills play the Bills play better against the Jets at home, it feels like, than on the road. The Jets definitely mm-hmm. play them tough regardless, but I think the Bills We'll complete the sweep uh, and this one here to get to 11 and two setting up now the Boccasino revenge tour with the Miami Dolphins game. (laughs) That's going to be at home. And Jamie, I love me some Buffalo Miami games, middle of December, the week before Christmas, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow, let the bills run wild all over Miami. They're going to pick up an easy win and make that game uh, from earlier in the season seemed like distant memory. The Bills win by at least two scores, getting to 12 and two. All I can say is I agree. (laughs) Now, Jamie, nothing to add. Here's one we have coming up that a lot of Bills fans were looking forward to making the road trip to Chicago to see the Bills take on the Bears. Unfortunately, it's Christmas Eve, a Saturday game at 1 p.m. What do you think about this matchup? Uh, you know, the Bears just, they seem like they're spinning their wheels right now as a franchise. Justin Fields, wait, that's their quarterback, right? It is. Yeah, okay. Wow. They just haven't surrounded him with anything. And you have to score points in order to win. And I don't think the Bears can score any points against the Bills defense. Justin Fields can't do it alone. The Bills win that one handily. Agreed. I think the Bills... You know, Justin Fields has an exciting future, but this is not the year he's going to put it all together. Bills get the win, setting up another Monday night game at Cincinnati this time. Yeah. So the Bills and the Bengals are probably going to be jockeying for playoff position here. Now, the AFC Central is going to be it's going to be a tough division this year. So the Bengals are really going to need this game, probably because they're going to be trying to win the division. And it looks like Cleveland is going to be good. The Ravens are good every year, seemingly. They're going to need that game. But I think the Bills are just a better team. So I think that the Bills are going to go in and win that game and perhaps even shore up some playoff home games with that win. I am with you on the difficult nature of this game, playing in Cincinnati, a very good Bengals team. Um, This is going to be a really good showdown for Buffalo secondary. Again, how well Kair Elam has adjusted um, to being the number two. Trey White, the Bengals have fantastic wide receivers. Their defense gets after the quarterback. Um, They're really, really a scary team. I actually think the Bengals win this one, Um, a very close matchup, but I say the Bengals prevail in this one, which means I've got the Bills heading into week 18 at 13 and three. What do you have them at, Jamie? Well, I have them going in at 11 and four. 
Ooh, 11 and point. 4. Yes. One, All two, right. Three, what do you think is yes. going to happen in the regular season finale then with New England? I think that this is going to be a game that New England needs a lot more than the Bills do. And I think by this point, the Bills just might be resting some starters. And with that in mind, I, I think the Bills may just hand this one to the Patriots. So here is something I want to say. I, I know that we want to say, oh, McCorkle Jones with his noodle arm and well, what are the Patriots doing in the draft? Well, the fact of the matter is McCorkle Jones was not a terrible quarterback last year. It wasn't great, but it was his rookie season. And He's only going to get better. I think he has what it takes to be successful in the NFL. He'll never be a top five. He may never even be a top 10 quarterback, but you don't necessarily need that in order to win games. I think the Patriots are going to be a stronger team than people are giving them credit for at this point. Don't bury them yet. They're going to win this game. I'm with you. Um, I really hate to add, um, have the Bills win in Foxborough and lose at home. But with the Bills projected in my schedule making to go 13 and four, I think by this point they have the AFC East wrapped up. I think they have the number one seed in the AFC wrapped up. And I see the Bills resting their starters more than I see the Bills needing this win over Bill Belichick. So I'll give this one to the Evil Empire uh, 13 and four. The Bills finish off their regular season with in my book. You have them at 11 and five, Jamie. That's correct. All right. Wait, no, you're off by a game. What? One, two, three, four, five. No, I'm losing five games. So 12 and five. Oh, yeah, that's right. Damn it. <laughs> that schedule. <laughs> I was I was told there'd be no math on this podcast. <laughs> I'm still stuck in the 16 game mindset. <laughs> it's tough, Jamie. It's tough to adja- adapt and adjust to the new ways of the scheduling. But there you go. There you have it. We have given you some fun, comprehensive ish breakdowns on Buffalo schedule for the 2022 NFL season. Jamie, what does that mean then with you being 12 and five, the bills win the division, the bills win the division, but they may not get that number one seed in the AFC that remains to be seen. Hopefully those AFC West teams just beat each other to a pulp and all end up with eight or nine win seasons. Yeah, I think the AFC West is going to cannibalize itself this year with all the, the the talent that's in that division. I think 13 and 4 is enough for Buffalo to get the number 1 seed in the AFC. Um I just don't see a team running through and going 15 and 2 or 14 and 3 um uh, with the way the schedule is set up. There's our thoughts. We want to hear from you fans. What do you think? What's your projection for the Bills record in 22? What are some trap games you think the Bills have to be weary of? Which ones do you think are going to be the biggest wins of the year? Get involved with us on social media. Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico, and I am at John Boccasino. You can also get involved by commenting on this article on buffalorumblings.com. Jamie, always a great time talking with you, buddy. Absolutely. This was a fun time. I hope everybody listening had as much fun as we did because damn it, it's a party. (laughs) And if you didn't have enough fun, well, the beatings will continue until morale improves. (laughs) Cool, cool, cool. For my my colleague and co-host, Jamie D'Amico, we're going to sign off here. Again, get involved with us and we'd love to hear your thoughts on the Buffalo Bills schedule in 2022. Until next week, we are signing off here on Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast.